There is a huge growing scene in Whatcom County of small farms. And now while most of the agriculture that happens in Whatcom County still, yes, is dairy and berry and spud, when we could go on, we could work our way down the list from there. There's a lot of these folks who have an acre, some less than an acre even, or a couple of acres. They're trying farming with different practices. They're trying different, you know, direct-to-consumer marketing stuff. They're really involved in social media. This is a part of agriculture that I, I in Whatcom County, that I think the more, quote-unquote, mainstream agriculture needs to recognize better. And I think there needs to be more unity across these communities, from the big guys to the little guys, if you know what I mean. Welcome back. This is The Farming Show here on KGMI News Talk 790. It's pretty cool what some of these these small farms are doing and, and some of the things, because of their scale, that they're able to toy with that may actually have some really good lessons for the big guys of some things that they could do to enhance their bottom line and improve their environmental performance or their you know environmental sustainability things like that do want to thank our sponsors uh laurel farm and western supply of course our charter sponsor back from the very get-go of uh the farming show supported this effort to talk about farming here locally on kgmi and and now on the save family farming podcast as well you can find us on the kgmi or um uh, website as well, but also Save Family Farming Podcast. That's where I work now. I'm Dylan Honkoop, and I used to work at KGMI all day, every day. Well, close to it, actually. Um, but now, all day, every day, I'm 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 into farming advocacy, but I still uh, peek my head out every once in a while here on a Saturday morning and, and uh, talk about some of the things going on in our local agricultural community. Uh, also, Farmers Equipment Company, a uh, huge supporter of the program for a long, long time and of agriculture in general, of course, not only as a business, but uh, in a lot of other ways. Um, very generous folks. And McAvoy Oil, also a newer sponsor to the program, uh, supporting what we do here. Uh, we recently, and and we haven't released a ton of this stuff to the public, but with my job at Save Family Farming and, and uh, Whatcom Family Farmers, which is the local affiliate of the statewide Save Family Farming, just for people who aren't familiar with how that the, the two work together, um, we, we've been putting together a bunch of stories. I've been telling you here on the show about the real campaign and talking about things that real farmers are actually doing to, to do their jobs better, to protect the environment around them while they're growing food or other in this case, I guess we aren't really talking about food as much. Joining us right now uh, is uh, the co-owner of Whatcom County's largest dahlia farm. And a lot of people don't realize you you guys are the largest. But welcome to the program, Sarah Paybody uh, of Triple Wren Farms. A lot of people are starting to hear about this, this Triple Wren Farms place out in Custer. So tell us a little bit. Well, first, welcome. Thanks for being here. And tell us a little bit about your farm. Hey, Dylan. Thanks for having me. So Triple Wren Farms is in, in Custer, just on the edge of Custer and Ferndale. And we started our farm just about 
seven years ago in 2012 in Whatcom County, right when we moved to Whatcom County, just sort of on a, a shoestring budget as an experiment to see if it was something we could um, make work as a family, and it has thankfully flourished, and we've worked hard and, and built it, and we're super excited that people are starting to hear about us and recognize our name. So in the in the last few years, we've been able to purchase our own land, and we have a place where people can come and see our farm and put blueberries in the summer and have a pumpkin patch in the fall. But most of what we do in the main part of the growing season is grow flowers. And we do grow a lot of dahlias and a lot of forms of dahlias and actually about 100 total varieties of flowers at our flower farm. So you're the largest dahlia grower in the county, but still you're only just a few acres. Yes, so we grow, our farm's a little bigger than this, but we grow on six acres in the front part of our farm, and um, that's where all of our production happens. Very cool, and you're selling, from what I understand, you're selling dahlias across the country and even globally? Yes, well, not globally yet, although that might happen one day, but we sell our cut flowers from early July all the way until mid-October, and we sell those in western Washington and really into Oregon and even Northern California. We ship them in our truck down there and sell them in grocery stores and to florists and wholesalers. But just this, actually just on December 1st, we officially opened our Dahlia Tuber store and we can ship them anywhere in the United States. We ship them in October for people in the really Southern parts of the country where they can plant them through the winter. But we'll ship again in April and in May in a couple of waves for people who want to grow their own values in their home garden. I guess I didn't think about that. I was figuring, hey, if they can sell it, actually, hey, you could ship these things anywhere, but there are probably restrictions on shipping plant material like that yeah, over overseas and stuff like that. It probably is country by country, and it's a customs and a, a sure. big thing like that. And one day we'd like to, I know there are other dahlia farmers in the United States who sell across the globe. Right now, we are... Um, building up the amount that we can sell, and we certainly can't sell enough in the United States yet. I figure we should probably saturate this market before we start marking out <laughs> across go. the border. Sarah Paybody with us here on The Farming Show, KGMI News Talk 790. I'm Dylan Honkoop here on, on The Farming Show. And, and Sarah, more and more people are hearing about Triple Ren Farms. I, you know, We connected with you folks a while back, and even since then, just unsolicited other people. Oh, yeah, we were out at Triple Ren Farms, a lot of people this fall. You, you guys do some agritourism kind of stuff. You bring a lot of kids through, a lot of families through um, at, at different times of the year. Uh, I, uh, your biggest business is your dahlias, and now your tuber store. I understand that the tuber store online selling these things, that, that just went crazy uh, when you <laughs> launched this, what, just like a week ago or so, right? We did. We did a pre-sale in, in September and sold out quickly of all of the introductory varieties, and then we opened our full sale last Saturday, and we sold out of maybe 14 or 15 varieties right away, and we still have a few left, so if you have listeners who want to grab some, they're still there, but um, we're really excited at how this part of our business can give us winter income because as um, seasonal farmers, we make most of our living in six or seven months of the year, and with an idea like this and a way to um, expand the months that we have income coming to the farm, it means 
our seasonal employees can stay with us longer and we can um, be, you know, more prosperous as far as developing the products we offer to our community. I think to anybody in the farming community, that makes an awful lot of sense, especially, you know, really seasonally focused stuff like the berry folks, like the potato folks here locally. Um, That's what I grew. I grew up on a red raspberry farm. And so that was, we had just a little over a month uh, when I was a kid to make all the income for the entire year. So wow. I remember having to explain to people, you miss one day of that. That's like missing <laughs> a lot of yes. income for, for the entire year. It can, you know, a couple of days can make or break you, uh, when things are tight. Um, but so dallies are the main thing. You bring people on your farm and you do some of the agritourism, the pumpkin thing as well. But you also have some animals out there, what, chickens and pigs? And, th- and, and, and you have this rotation and it's all part of growing dahlias, right? It is sometimes. And, and you mentioned earlier in your introduction that um, some of the farmers you're working with are really active on social media. And we are. And one of my favorite hashtags to use on our posts is our triple Ren crew. And we do have some amazing human members of our crew, but our crew is not limited to just humans. We have some American guinea hogs that are part of our crew, and they do a lot of work for us. They eat the crowns of some of the more persistent roots, and they flip over the earth for us, and they prepare new land that we want to move crops to, either in rotation or just new plantings. We follow those with some chickens. We just have a a fun barnyard mix that gives our family and our employees eggs in the summertime, but then they work year-round for us, just following the pigs and um, continuing to prepare land for us to come and plant. So how how is that working? It's, it's like this whole rotation where you grow the flowers, you have the pigs, you have the chickens, and then you go back through the rotation again. We're hearing more and more about the, these kinds of holistic management practices, as, as some people might call them. Um, being kind of a wave of the future to to have a, a, a sustainable uh, farming operation. How's it going for you guys? What what's your experience been? I'm sure it's not easy to do something like that, but I'm sure it also has benefits. Well, it has huge benefits. Um, one of the fun things about having animals at our farm, even though we aren't really an animal farm, is that it's really fun for the families that come to visit our farm to see them. So they just add to the character of it. But they have really allowed us to decrease our inputs in the planting, the new planting areas. We don't have to add minerals or fertilizer in nearly the quantities that we might. In our wonderful berry soil, this really good sandy loam, um, the one downside to it is that the nutrients can slip out of it very quickly. Yeah. But with these animals working in it for us, they really decrease the costs of our inputs. And also they're helping keep a really good... Um, biodiversity um, with the enzymatic action that's in the soil and uh, just allowing everything that's there to be natural and not synthetic. I think it's increasing our soil health by leaps and bounds. Well, and more and more people on all sectors of agriculture are starting to understand more. This is even just as the science advances, uh, understand more about soil health, how important it is, just how complex it is. I don't think anybody really knows just exactly how the soil works between all the different sure. organisms, all the different relationships between um, the the minerals and the organic matter and the carbon and the you know the different all different levels 
levels of microorganisms and 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 animals mm-hmm. and everything else in the soil it, it, it's a huge huge thing and and so what you guys are doing is and we've talked about different uh, farmers in the in the community in the past year on the program doing things uh, for soil health I mean one, one really basic thing is cover crops you know um, and and different kinds of you know using organic fertilizer aka cow manure and and some basic things sure. like that even um, what you're doing is in some ways a little more sophisticated than that in other ways it's it's simpler because you just kind of let the animals do it do you think it's what you guys are experimenting with there and finding some success at these holistic management practices do you think it's scalable for a bigger operation you know i think it could be i think um and the way my 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 mind works i like to compartmentalize things and look at them in small chunks and I think for a larger operation, if you were to, if they were to be able to divide their field up into sectors and um, depending on the crops that they were planting, they would be able to use different types of animals and rotate things. I do think it's entirely scalable. Be interesting to see, you know, and, and there are different issues when you're doing some things you can do when you're small that you can't do when you're big and vice versa. Some things True. you could do when you're big and not when you're small. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the big guys and the small guys, like I said earlier, uh, can learn some things from each other. And, and I think people should be watching what you're doing there and, and trying to to uh, maybe learn some some things from it. And, and maybe, you know, some of the bigger farms in the county might uh, pick up some tricks, uh, something that they could could try on a larger scale who knows um you guys are also certified salmon safe you know sustainability is very important to you guys talk about your philosophy with that and then we haven't talked much about your husband as well you together uh he and yourself and again we're talking with sarah paybody right now her husband steve paybody and their kids uh, have triple wren farms out in Custer, triplerenfarms.com, by the way. That, that's right for the website, right? That's Sarah? right. Please come and visit. Yeah, and check them, out, check them out on social media as well. Uh, Instagram in particular, tons of great photos of all the flowers and everything going on out there. Uh, but what's, what, what uh, is the perspective that you and I think that you guys you were thinking this way from the beginning. You set out to do something a bit different. And I know Steve has talked about that. We've got a cool video that we're going to be releasing probably within the next week, this coming week, um, that we shot out there at Triple Run Farms with him talking about some of that. And he couldn't be with us on the program here today because of a, a health scare that, that he had. But I'm glad to hear that he's recovering and doing a lot better. So talk about where, where did this philosophy come from that you guys wanted to try doing this? Because you, you had to know it, it was a, a big, big task to try to, to farm this way. Well, yeah, it's so interesting that you mentioned that because when we started farming in 2012, I actually did this business on my own as an experiment in the beginning before Steve was a part of it. And I was a part of a market in Seattle that really pushed salmon safe certification as a marketing technique. And so we were farming in this organic, holistic way already. We are not organic certified, but we were using um, those same techniques and philosophies. And I approached Salmon Safe and Stewardship Partners about becoming certified, and they have offered a wealth of information and a world of help to us. They helped, um, they sent several times soil experts to our farm to help us understand the different types of soil we have and what kinds of techniques would be um, appropriate to even try. And really, their advice and expertise has been 
uh, very, very helpful. So it's interesting that we didn't even know what kind of benefits we would be getting in the beginning when we started. But after about a year and a half of farming there on my own, Steve was able to stop his day job and come home, and we've been doing it full-time together since 2013. And being able to combine our strengths, we obviously are different people, and we have different strengths and weaknesses, and we complement each other really well. And I think that those things together have come come to make our farm what it is. Having the fact that you guys didn't come from a, a farming background, have there been any surprises along the way? Things that were like, whoa, this is not as easy as we thought, or wow, this is really cool, or, or what What uh, have you well, experienced sure. entering and, and now being a part of this family farming world? Well, you know, we have received nothing but welcome and help and legs up from the family farming world. It is a beautiful world to be a part of. And definitely, we did not know what we were getting into when we first started this adventure. We had a just a glimmer, but we didn't know all that was involved. And I think we've learned a lot of just life lessons as we've walked through it. Um, in the beginning, we tried to work harder, not smarter. And we weren't used to working um, in the field all day, every day. Yeah, and we, yeah. um, we pushed a little too hard, and we've learned since then how to balance our lives a little bit better. And I think that... Um, Steve especially went through the Food to Bank on program with Sustainable Connections in Bellingham. And in that program, they offered all kinds of amazingly high caliber agricultural business training and access to different types of professionals. And then also connected him with specific mentors who um, were walking ahead of us, who had already walked through the beginning of an agricultural business. And they gave really extensively of their time and knowledge to him. And all of those things worked together to really push us forward. Well, it is a lot of work. It doesn't matter what you're growing, what kind of farming you're doing. There's a lot of work. And and I hear that in what you're saying, too. People have to learn how to pace themselves. And I I think people people who've been doing it their whole lives are are continually learning that lesson, too. You can't overdo (laughs) it. it if because you got to get right back up and do it again tomorrow and do it again next week and next month and next year and 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 sometimes sustainability is taking care of yourself too right right and you know we really want to pay it forward we have a flower farmer internship program at our farm and we've taken five or six people through it it's a season-long internship program and one of the goals that i have in the educational part of that internship is to teach pacing and self-care to young farmers and also, of course, all the other parts of farming. But that is not a small part. No, certainly not. And But, but really cool, uh, as you say, to be, to be paying it forward um, because there is so much to it and so much to be learned. And, and farming is constant learning. If, if you're farming and not learning something new every day, then... I think a lot of people who've done it for a long time would say, well, maybe there's something wrong there because <laughs> there's always, right. always more to learn. Sarah Paybody, we're out of time, but great to chat with you. I'm sure there's so much more we could talk about. Uh, we will be featuring Sarah and her husband Steve's farm, Triple Wren Farms, uh, via some videos and some other um, real campaign, real environmental action and leadership uh, campaign materials with Whatcom Family Farmers in the coming weeks. So be uh, make sure folks to be looking for that. Uh, uh, when you see it on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram, please be sharing uh, that content out. 
um, so people hear about Triple Ren and the cool things that they're doing uh, with their farm and, and for the environment and our, for our community uh, and connecting between big farms and small farms and, and everything in between. Sarah, thanks for being here. Uh, all our best to Steve as I know he's recovering. Uh, we're so glad that he is recovering and, and that what happened with him wasn't much worse. It's an answer to prayer. So we're all rooting yeah, for you guys you. And, and, and we appreciate your time here on the program this morning. Thank you for having me, Dylan. I wish you the best.